Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Todd Kaplan, the VP of Marketing at PepsiCo. He talks about how Pepsi is a household name, and how over the decades, the brand does more than just the average advertising with creating content. Vincent goes on vacation to a resort, and AJ is happy to see Vincent. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your always happy host, Vincent Petrofessa. It drives my wife crazy, my enthusiasm. Most people enjoy it, but not her. Anyway, it is so good to be back talking to our wonderful listeners. And thank you for listening. My marketing team tells us our listenership gets bigger and bigger. And thank you. That's all because of you and our guests. It's really not me. It's it's you, the people, and the guests that we have on. And maybe my co-host. But anyway, thank you so much. Starista, for those of you who don't know us, and those who don't know me, I'm Vincent Petrofessa. I'm the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. Let's pause for one minute, Starista. That's the only time we talk about it. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We help customers utilize that data to get new customers. We have our own email sending structure. We own our own DSP. We can help you with OTT, connected TV display, Email me, Vincent at Starista.com. So many people have emailed me. Thank you. Most people email me to say you like the podcast. Others make guest suggestions. Some people are interested in our services. Great. Thank you so much. Enough about me. Enough about Starista. Let's introduce my co-host, who I will see in person, not once, but twice in the next few months. What a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. It's been a couple of weeks. I was going through some uh, podcast withdrawals, so it's, I'm actually glad to see you, which I don't say often enough. Or, or, or ever, for that or ever. Uh, matter. It might be well, the first one. It might be the first time. It's a, it's a marketing stir first, ladies and gentlemen. We have it <laughs> recorded, so there it is. I'll bring it up, play it on loop every time I uh, hear you. <laughs> but yeah, it has been because I was on vacation. That's why I still have a little resemblance of tan here. I was enjoying that with my family. Well, it's a trip when you go away with your family. It's not really vacation when you go away with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, but it was fun. Yeah, I don't know what's stressful with kids that age staying home or going somewhere. Uh Exactly. Well, I think it's going somewhere. Once we got to the resort, I was in beautiful Cancun, Mexico. I was at the Vedanta Resorts. Let's give Vedanta a shout out, maybe, Uh, you know, I have nothing to do with it. My in-laws have a timeshare there, but I was there and I had fun. I was actually watched the Super Bowl there. We'll get to that in a moment. That's a little hint of this particular guest involvement that we have there. People are like, what, Snoop Dogg's here? I'm like, no, not Snoop Dogg, but someone I think equally as cool. But that enough about that. But AJ, I'm going to see you not once, but twice in the next couple of weeks. And even more than that, because I'm going to San Antonio. We have there's other trips, there's conferences opening back up. People are eager to get out there. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. I think I haven't been out of the house in a while. I was uh, starting to get a little bit depressed with uh, all of my uh, 
little tears uh, as our viewers have followed along my journey into the late 30s has not been pleasant yeah oh you did tearing this tearing that playing playing tennis it's like is this guy oh really did he do it in wimbledon no he did not <laughs> he did it in san antonio just playing with uh, some some uh, teams there just which, just, you know, just uh, some lesser known players and courts but exactly but aj we've got a special special guest today because it's a brand We've had a many brands on that I've liked and enjoyed and bring you back to your childhood. This is one of my favorite brands. I'm not just saying it. it is one of my favorite brands. It is my favorite soft drink. This is a hint, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this guy, I feel like I know you. you know, we, I've said this before with few guests, not all of them. For those of you I didn't say that to, well, we'll just get to know each other better. But I feel like I know this guest. You know, he currently lives in an area where I grew up. So we have already given him restaurant tips, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the area. And I just feel like I know him because he's a sports fan. Uh, you'll see in a moment his background. You can see the area there. Let me just read off a few things because I'm really, you know, I'm going to embarrass him a little bit. But he's part of the brand innovators. Uh, constant. You know, top 25 most innovative CMOs in the world, top 30 CMOs you need to follow, 40 under 40 brand marketers, top 50 marketers in North America. He is, uh, he's probably, you know, he's probably like, come on, what are you doing to me here? But I'm so proud to have this guest on, ladies and gentlemen, the vice president, head of marketing for Pepsi. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Pepsi, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Kaplan. What's up, Todd? <laughs> hey, thanks so much, man. Uh, how's it going? Happy um, to be here. Going great. Glad you're here. I love that background. That was the first thing I said. So those of you, uh, most of you are listening to us. We appreciate that. Maybe you're working out. Maybe you're at work. But Todd's background is real if you're watching us on YouTube. And I just go, I see Kobe Bryant uh, cut out there. I see Michael Jordan. I see the New York Giants. So that makes me happy. Those of you know the pain I've been feeling the last few years uh, yeah. on the podcast as a Giants fan. But it is. I uh, love the background. It's great to have you, Todd. No, uh, thanks. I'm here in uh, my my home office here. And yeah, I have a uh, lot of collectible sports. I'm a big Laker fan, as you can tell, uh, growing up in Southern California and, uh, you know, have a lot of uh, fun Pepsi relics around here as well. So uh, I'm glad, glad you enjoy it. So let me ask you this. So this is not normal questions that we go right into, but yeah, I have you on here. First of all, Pepsi, let me tell you something about I was uh, I was watching the Super Bowl in Mexico, in my hotel room, in yeah. Spanish, and it was, a, it was a great game. So I have a couple questions about the game there. I know Pepsi's involvement is huge. The halftime show, let me get, halftime show was amazing. Was yep. amazing. Oh, what you. a great uh, event. You were all over that. Uh, you know, uh, you were doing a lot with, uh, you know, Rookie of the Year, and you were hosting your own, uh, you know, conferences, if you will. Tell me about that first. Yeah, no, the, the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show is a major um, initiative for us at, at, at Pepsi. And obviously, you know, our brand has a great legacy in music uh, back in the day from Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, Beyonce, you know, everything in between. And, uh, and the halftime show is this great, um, you know, we've really approached this platform as a uh, one of the last great kind of live cultural moments uh, where we can drive a lot of discussion and a lot of things. And a lot of people don't realize the scale of this platform that, uh, you know, you get a hundred million viewers uh, on average at the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. That's the equivalent of an artist playing to 5,000 sold out Madison Square Gardens at once. Wow. 
So when you think of just like the scale and the table stakes. And so when we do it, we want to make sure we're, we're bringing some new energy. So we brought in Rock Nation and Jay-Z a couple of years ago to really reinvigorate the platform with us. And we've really built a whole different marketing plan around it where we've now, um, I don't know if you saw this year, we dropped a trailer for the halftime show, actually this thing called The Call, where we teased out all the, the artists together and how they're all coming together and joining forces like in this Avengers thing. We also had this um, really cool second screen experience where we actually created an app this year, the Perpetual Halftime Show app, where as the show was unfolding, you could actually uh, teleport yourself onto the stage and see full 360 live from the stage what it looks like as they were going through the motions in this year's show with uh, with Dre and Snoop and M and 50 Cent and everyone else. So it was, uh, it was awesome. A lot of fun. And it, it was uh, so much fun to watch. I, I'm a fan of all of them. Again, I, I Kendrick Lamar is a little past my era, but I love his music as well. That trailer was amazing. It's like everyone kind of coming together. That was that was a great idea. And you know, there's a lot of people who just watch the halftime show. A lot of people, oh, yeah, they don't even watch the game. There's like a, my my wife was like, "Tell me when the halftime show." I, I, I kid you not. Tell me when the halftime show is on. And and yeah, no, that, that that was the biggest piece of feedback we got this year was like, I wish it was longer. And I'm like, yeah. well, what's at the intermission in between a football game? They got a game going. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's the feedback I gave to the NFL is like, hey, if we could just get an hour during halftime, that would be great, <laughs> you know, and we could make it do it, do it upright, you know. But uh, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And it, it's a hard working platform for us, too. You know, it drives a, a metric at Pepsi we call um share a voice, which is we want to be the most talked about brand on Super Bowl Sunday. And actually on Twitter, uh, this, we won our third straight Twitter MVP uh, brand, uh, award of their brand bowl, uh, which basically means we're the most talked about brand on game day. We had 74% of all tweets that were about brands on Super Bowl Sunday were about brand Pepsi, which That's is awesome. a crazy amount. So we were very happy with the results. That, yeah, no, that, that is amazing. And before I ask about your role there, because yeah. you're from LA or, or that Southern California originally, were you rooting for the Rams? Is that was that your team growing up? A little bit, yeah. So it wasn't. It's it's interesting, and you can see all my sports relics behind me. The yeah, football hard stuff. Hard to tell. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. So football and Southern, being a Southern California native, I'm all in on the Lakers. I grew up in North Orange County in a town called Seal Beach, so I was an Angels fan growing up. You see, like some Mike Trout stuff back here. But like I um, football, I'm a huge football fan, but the Rams and the Raiders both left town when I was growing up, right? Yeah. They went to St. Louis and to Oakland and, you know, and that's when the 49ers were big back then and stuff. But I, you know, I'd watched Montana and Rice and all that, just like the Chicago Bulls with Jordan yeah. at that time. But, um, you know, so I've never really had like a hardcore football team I've adopted since I've moved out east, the Giants, as you flagged earlier here, nice. um, you know, and um, sorry for all those Jets fans out there, but the... Um, <laughs> But, um, well, Giants fans aren't far off right now. <laughs> yeah, that's been be a fair. great five, ten years here. Just to be fair. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, I, you know, but it was really special being out there in Southern California, again, with a West Coast hip-hop-focused, you know, halftime show, being at SoFi Stadium. A lot of my friends who are still out there are Rams fans and stuff, so it was, it was really great being out there. That, that's awesome. And then uh, my uh, official question, then I know my co-host is eager to uh, – get to you but my yeah. official question is, is everyone obviously has heard of, of pepsi but tell us about your role specifically todd you know as far as uh, your, your involvement some of your day-to-day -day. we'd love to hear about that 
Yeah, sure. So uh, I lead marketing for the Pepsi brand here in North America, right? And so I oversee a variety of different facets on my team, everything from strategy and innovation. So, hey, what's our growth strategy for the brand? Where do we want to go and take it? The insights and all of that coming up with new products and innovation. We could talk about a new product we just announced called Pepsi Nitro that's coming out, a real game-changing product. Um, so all that side of the team, we have a side of the team that does um, all of our brand communications and creative development and kind of culture forward stuff. So everything from the halftime show to our digital plans to our TV creative to everything in between uh, there, music, sports, et cetera. Uh, and then we have a whole side that does commercial and execution stuff. So that's what we talk about, you know, how we show up at Walmart or Target or 7-Eleven or Taco Bell with food service or, you know, all of our local divisions that we work without the country, throughout the country and, and connect it all. And so all those elements together, you know, how we basically, where we want to take the brand and how we're performing in the current thing. And, and what's been really exciting is, you know, I've been in this role now for little over three and a half years we've had a bit of a transformation since coming in where uh this is a category and a brand that had been kind of declining for for decades and uh you know now we've just hit our 14th straight quarter of sales growth our brand equity is at an all-time high you know we're getting all this fun cultural buzz as, as well and so we're we're really hitting our stride and having a lot of fun but I'm uh, once we started talking about Super Bowl, I, I didn't think Vincent would let me ask a question. So, I'm <laughs> glad here, so. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So, Todd, it's so rare to see somebody at a company for as long as you have been at Pepsi. Uh, what what got you into marketing? What's uh, and what got you into Pepsi? Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a great question. I'd say I'll start with kind of the marketing piece, and it's um. You know, ever since growing up, I've always been interested in kind of the the why or the consumer psychology around things of why people do things. Why do you want this kind of sneaker? Why do you buy this kind of food at the grocery store? Why, you know, and so I'm just very intellectually curious, I would say, and the psych piece has been always interesting. And then as well, skill set wise, I've been I'm a very creative person. I've seen the world differently. I'm very, you know, I like kind of coming up with new ideas, inventing, thinking differently, pushing things. And so when I discovered um, the concept of marketing as a field and getting able to solve complex problems and strategically, you know, connecting these things with creativity and kind of this consumer insight, I, um, I got really into it and started to get my feet wet in college and, and then kind of got into it. And then Pepsi, I, I found my way to Pepsi after business school where uh, I entered to Pepsi while I was in business school. And um, it's really you know, uh, a great company, not just because it's um, a big brand and a big household brand that everybody knows and uses and things of that, that sort, but it um, it's uh, it's connected to culture. And for me, I, um, you know, while there's uh, an intellectual part of marketing of, you know, I can sell laundry detergent or, or Kleenex or some other kind of products and things like that, and that are more functional of how and why you drive the sales of that. For me, what's been interesting about PepsiCo and all the brands is, the connection to sports and music and media and entertainment and the, the Pepsi is largely credited uh, back in the 80s of inventing this concept of lifestyle marketing back when we were the first brand to sign a music artist uh, and Michael Jackson and do, uh, you know, commercials and, and starting to really do things differently. And um, I've really taken that, uh, you know, throughout my career at PepsiCo to answer your second question, I've spent a lot of time at PepsiCo because I um, PepsiCo has a ton of great brands, billion dollar brands, you know, global brands. And I've done everything from, 
I've created new brands. My role prior to this, I led our water portfolio. I created a brand called Bubbly Sparkling Water that's going to be our next billion-dollar brand. I created Life Water, just a premium water that leverages the arts and taps into all that, you know. And I've worked on Mountain Dew. I've done I've done a variety of different things over the years, you know, sports marketing, uh, you name it, energy. Um, and there's just a lot of fun opportunities. And what's great is Pepsi really invests in its talent and, you know, tries to rotate and stretch and try you into new areas and opportunities, which has been really uh, why I've really stayed as I've been continuing to be challenged and, and stretched. Given kind of how well known the brand is, and not just in the U.S., but pretty much any country you go to in the world has Pepsi, how much of advertising do you feel brands like Pepsi need? Uh, and, and how do you kind of uh, keep things uh, uh, interesting in the advertising for such a well-known brand? Yeah, well, I think it comes down to your fundamental understanding of advertising and what is it, you know, as you said, the word advertising, which I, I hate that word because it sounds so like archaic, uh, you know, just by <laughs> definition, but the, um, listen, and I say this every day, I get pitched stuff all the time from salespeople and all this, and if any salespeople are listening, please do not pinch me something like this, where it's, a logo slap, you know, presented by Pepsi, sponsored by Pepsi, like that does nothing for me. Awareness, like we have the fortune on this brand, um, not on every brand, of having massive household penetration and awareness. If you haven't heard of Pepsi, I'm sorry, but a lot of people have heard of Pepsi. And that's great. I'm not trying to sound like a, like a prick here. But what I am saying is the role that marketing plays for us is around this idea of brand relevance and equity driving and how we connect with consumers uh, on a deeper and more emotional level. So when you think about it um, in our category, we're in a very, what I would call a low involvement category, which is cola, right? It costs, you know, a, a buck 29 at the register for a 20 ounce. And uh, it's a lot of times an impulse purchase. Hey, it's hot out. I'm thirsty. Oh, I'll grab something. Oh, let me grab something with my meal. I'm not really putting a lot, the same amount of thought as to whether or not I buy a computer or a diamond ring or something that has a little bit more um, you know, you're really dissecting and analyzing which one should I buy? How should I go in there? What am I going to be doing? Right. And so this idea of an impulse purchase or uh, a lot of it is kind of how you formative uh, emotional memories in people's brains in terms of the uh, how they perceive your brand. Are you in the consideration set? Does it connect with you? There's obviously the product truce of they like how you taste and all the different elements. And that's where we innovate and continue to drive new new areas. But it's it's how it all connects back to this higher level of how people feel about the brand. This is a brand that I connect with on a deeper and more emotional level, and that's been a lot of the focus of uh, of our advertising and things like music and how we connect with um, you know our consumers in new ways. And you know, it's about Pepsi. It's one of those brands, Todd. And we've had some other brands on where it's, you know, food related and, you know, you know, experiences. Pepsi for me, it's always evolving, right? I'm, I'm the generation of, it's the choice of a gener a new generation like that. That's yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's, that's where I go to. And it's, uh, that's always ingrained in my head. And it's like, for me, Pepsi, I, that's my soft drink of choice. Right. And it's like, I remember I have moments when I was a kid barbecues, hot dogs, hamburgers, nothing fancy, Pepsi. Uh, you know, those are some of my childhood memories. I know it sounds corny to the audience there, yeah, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, but this, is, but this is what I associate it to. But I guess my question is, it's like, you're constantly changing. What's gone into like modernizing Pepsi's brand image? Because again, I totally. remember 
choice of a new generation that still sticks with me you could you yeah can no it's one of those things and it's it's um you know back in the day i'd say in the 80s when the cola wars were coke and pepsi and the the arms race of all that stuff in the 80s and 90s i would say in the cola space um the beverage landscape looked very different right and soda was a new interesting thing and these are it was either coke or pepsi not should i even drink soda to start and if i do is it coke or pepsi right there's now so many other beverage, you know, offerings from kombucha to iced tea to coffees to this and that. And the good news is we have a lot of these offerings within PepsiCo. Uh, so we continue to kind of evolve there. But I'd say for Pepsi, um, you know, it's about staying current as a brand with image. We've always been about kind of what's next and staying relevant culturally. And so the way in which to do that has to change and evolve over time. So if in the past it was like, hey, here's a big TV ad campaign and let's put a celebrity in and that's fine and we can do some of that stuff as well. But I'd say today we're showing up in what I would say a modern way that brands show up today. And so we don't just do advertising. We've created our own content. We've created our own primetime, um, you know, uh, TV show on Fox and a documentary on Showtime and reality show on MTV that we've produced. We've uh, We've gotten into NFTs uh, with the brand and, and started to really get into that new space. We've done big cultural moments like the halftime show. We're, we're trying to do new different things where we, um, you know, we have this really culture first kind of mindset on the brand to really ensure that we're um, reflecting and amplifying and adding to the current culture rather than just cramming some marketing messages down people's throats. So, And, and I want to touch upon the, the cultural part and Pepsi being cultural culture forward but i want to share with you another story that this i use this term all the, the time the pepsi challenge i remember the, those commercials the <laughs> yeah, pepsi sure. challenge i still use that term in modern days where it's like even like what someone asked me about our data i was like i'll take the pepsi challenge on that and uh, almost yeah. to say like I'll, I'll i'll prove to you i still use that uh, age i don't know if you remember that uh, the term you're you're younger than that i am but it's like that still reigns. That's something I use today. Yeah, that's that's one of the um, <clears throat> the most famous kind of textbook marketing, you know, things is when Pepsi versus Coke and, you know, and there's this great book called The Other Guy Blink Blinked by uh, Roger Enrico, our former uh, CEO, who was uh, behind a lot of that stuff. And it was this great kind of how you challenge and how you get people to change and, and perceive new things as a brand. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's iconic, the, the Pepsi challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it's become so. It's become part of my vernacular where it's like you know how people say like, oh, that it's like the Michael Jordan of. I'll say like you know, no, I mean this is how we're different. Or yeah, it's like, oh, I'm better than that. I'll take the Pepsi challenge on that one. It's it's crazy how I actually still. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, let's talk about culture forward. Yeah, uh, you know what does it mean to be culture forward? Uh, what are culture bombs? I also love to, you know. Yeah. So you're, you're referencing culture bombs. So I've, I've developed this uh, nomenclature with my team, this concept I call a culture bomb. And I'll first kind of, before getting into that, I'll talk about what it means to be culture forward. And so I have this point of view on marketing that um, talking about being a modern marketer, everyone, if you're in the marketing industry, listening to this, I would argue that 90% of the discussion in the industry, agencies and everything is around media buying and creative development. And it's all focuses around this idea of what I'd call paid media and get more efficient, the ROI, how do you target these people, reach these people. Do There's a huge role for paid, I got it. But as you look at the media landscape and you say, 
who's even watching TV commercials or who's not skipping the YouTube pre-roll or how do I reach people with all this paid? It's been harder and harder with paid media to be the only way your brand shows up knowing people consume media 24 seven through their phones, through their out of home, through the things they're doing and, and participating in throughout. And so um, the notion of earned media and social media um, I think are very underrepresented in the marketing world today. And so what I've tried to do is this idea of organic love of a brand and organic chatter versus paid chatter. There's a time and a place for, hey, come by, you know, Joe's Chicken Shack. We have a $2.99 special for whatever on this day. Check it out. Like informing people in paid stuff. I got it. But what you talk about, what you text to your friends, what you read about in the news, what you see on your Facebook and Instagram feeds is also what you're consuming. And so how we show up there, not just in a paid ad unit, but organically is really important. And so that's this idea of saying being culture first, where a lot of brands miss the boat is they start with a very brand first narrative, I would say, where they, hey, my brand needs to achieve X, Y, and Z. I'm going to reach these people. And so I'm going to push this creative message out into these places where these people are, and you guys can just deal with it. And there's a time and a place, but that doesn't sound that effective because now people can skip the ads. They're not as receptive. If you start from a place of here's what's happening in culture, here's my brand's point of view that I'm going to overlay onto it and see where I can connect to things that are organically happening. That's where you can then create these organic ripples in these moments. And so we've developed this thing on my team I call Culture Bombs, um, which essentially, uh, and it's in the most non-violent, non-way, you know, obviously I use the term bomb, but it's this idea of dropping a bomb in culture. And by that means this thing happens and it should develop an organic ripple uh, of earned media, social chatter, you know, news coverage, whatever, and it, it happened. And, you know, to me, I always use this expression uh, with my team of, um, if a tree fell in the woods and no one heard it, did it even happen? You've probably heard that expression before, right? And I feel like in marketing, a lot of people at agencies and in other brands and stuff are like, hey, we did this whole program and we took over Times Square. And I'm like, I never freaking heard of it. No one texted me about it. I didn't read about it. Like, so did it even happen? If, you did, if, if you're the only people who worked on it and were talking about it, like, did it happen in culture? The halftime show is a great example. That happened. I... Not just because I work at Pepsi, like people know what happened. People talked about it the next day. That is like on steroids, you know, a, a, a nuclear version of a culture bomb, I would say, of, of what that would do. But then there's smaller ways to do this where we've done, you can see over my shoulder, the um, these Pepsi Peeps cans, which around springtime, we did a collab with Peeps, the, the marshmallow Easter, you know, candy. And uh, we made the first ever marshmallow flavored Peeps that we called Peepsy and um had a lot of fun with that. That thing just went crazy. It was on every late night talk show. People were selling it for $1,000 on eBay and got people talking about how to get it online. And so just little fun ways to create these moments of these, these culture bombs is what we're trying to really do. Uh, in addition to the hardworking, high ROI TV creative to really drive consideration. But I'm sure you've had a lot of these moments that uh, stand out for you. But is there one or two in recent years that you can uh, highlight for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of different ones. It depends on um, I'm where you're going. So I, I talked about, um, you know, the, the Peeps example, obviously, um, <clears throat> you know, from a product. We've done a lot of these fun products from, um, 
you know, we've had apple pie Pepsi, we've done Pepsi, we've done, you know, uh, a number of different things in between. Um, even back to, you can even see behind me, this is a, um, a bottle of uh, Pepsi sparkling rosé uh, that we partnered. So with Bravo, I don't know if you're, so I'm not the biggest Bravo fan, but uh, if in my house, it's constantly on TV as my wife loves all the, the Real Housewives and, and all those kind of shows and everything. But the, um, as you think about it, there's this whole idea of uh, rosé and if you know Lisa Vanderpump and all the stuff that she does. Um, and so Bravo was having this thing called BravoCon. And we actually started with saying like, okay, like how do we, you know, if Pepsi is a brand that's about unapologetic enjoyment, which we haven't even talked about what our brand position is about, is about if you're really, you know, unapologetically, how do you enjoy the things that you love to that level where you almost just don't give an F what people think you're going to go to that next level. Um, and so as you think about these people who are going to this BravoCon convention, you know, we said, hey, let's make this Pepsi Sparkling Rosé, let's partner with Lisa Vanderpump and make it. This thing had a line wrapped around the corner, you know, people waiting hours just to sample this thing. And it was really just a way to engage, again, just some fun ways to, to engage some of these super fans. So then, there's been a lot of different things we've done from that to how we've activated around NFL with our fall football plan. I, mean, I, can, I can tell you stories for days on this. I don't want to bore you guys too much, but uh, there's, there's a lot of fun we've had. Great. You know, a lot of people that listen to the podcast are younger marketing professionals or marketing students. Uh, we do a good job promoting it within that community. Uh, but one of the questions we like to ask for somebody with your experience is for somebody who's getting into marketing or early career professional, what are some of the skills that they need to move up the ranks? Yeah, I think I would, I would argue just be a student of culture. Um, I would co constantly be looking, listening, learning, absorbing what's happening. I think um, continuing to um, internally, what I would say, the thing, at least for the type of marketing I like to do is um, I like people who like to push the limits a little bit more internally, especially in a big organization. You can have a lot of, uh, rightly so, uh, conservative thoughts around you. Uh, around, hey, you have legal constraints, supply chain constraints, finance constraints, this, and there's always going to be somebody saying, no, hey, it's not possible, or we don't have the money, or hey, it's a little too risky, or we don't have enough time. And what I've seen is people who kind of just say, okay, well, I guess we can't do it. Let's on to the next thing. A little bit of, um, be a little bit of a pain in the ass. Um, ask questions. You know, I like to tell my team this idea of, take no as a request for more information um, and start kind of pushing and asking a little, you know, respectfully and understanding why, because a lot of times it'll help unearth what the real opportunity is. You know, we did this really fun activation um, this past year around this concept we had called Better with Pepsi. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's this idea of um, an objective of really driving, uh, we call situational saliency, this idea of Pepsi and food and the association of how Pepsi complements food. And we have all this stats that show food tastes better with Pepsi, certain types of food specifically. And burgers uh, were one that specifically tasted, you know, the best with Pepsi. And so I said, hey, what if we put to test, we test us versus Coke, you know, do burgers go better with Pepsi? And we found that burgers do go better with Pepsi than with Coke. But the, ironically, the big three burger chains, uh, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King, all pour Coke. And so we said, hey, well, there's, this is, this just doesn't feel right. Something needs to be done about this. And so, we came up with this really fun campaign where we, you know, we found our Pepsi logo inside of all their logos and we challenged them on National Burger Day to like try it with the Pepsi and do yourself. And again, there was a lot of, I'd say, back to the point of pushing 
you know, as I talk to our legal team, as we talk to, you know, hey, how are you going to go after these companies? We've gone after Coca. It's a lot of the fun things we've done in Atlanta and stuff. You know, being able to push and try new things, but do it also responsibly um, is really important to sometimes get to some of these really rich, great creative ideas that uh, at a junior level, it's very easy to not want to upset the apple cart and just say, okay, well, I guess I'm being told no, so I'll try something else. If you feel passionate about the right idea, um, you got to have that right mindset to push through your organization and learn and find the find the solve. And and Todd, you mentioned it before because you know I wouldn't think to ask this because it's Pepsi. It's like, well, you know, it's one of the biggest brands, but. What is your brand positioning? Talk to me a little bit about that. You yeah. mentioned that before. I'd, I'd love to learn, you know, I'd love to learn more about that, our audience as well. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, I mentioned when I came into this role about three and a half years ago, you know, Pepsi has always been a brand that's been about, you know, joy and the joy of cola and, you know, all the kind of the next generation and all, all these different things. There's been a whole variety of different, it's evolved over the years. But one of the things back to being a modern marketer and modernizing the brand, I wanted to make sure everything we do is really anchored on real consumer truths and real consumer insights. <clears throat> and when you get into the data and you say, okay, who are your most avid Pepsi drinkers and how do they think, how do they feel? There is one common trait that they all have. And it's this idea of what we call unapologetic enjoyment. And uh, by that, it means they will clap at the end of a movie. They will go karaoke. They'll play hooky from work to go golfing. They'll eat that piece of cheesecake. The, the, you know, it's it. And what it means is basically having a moment where you don't give an F and you just enjoy, even if it is in the face of judgment. Um, so someone in, someone might judge you for putting a Pepsi in your shopping cart in the grocery store. Someone may judge you for, for doing whatever. And so, you know, if you want to binge watch, you know, eight hours of, you know, Netflix, like instead of mowing the lawn and, and doing the laundry, like we celebrate that as a brand, right? And so that's kind of a core insight. And so we've, brought that into this idea of joy, uh, which has always been around, you know, these Pepsi occasions around being at a backyard barbecue, we're doing a, at a baseball game and contextually where our product lives. And so <clears throat> uh, we've created this positioning around um, creating moments of unapologetic uh, enjoyment or instigating that for our, our, uh, our fans. And, um, and it's really been a North Stars. We've connected that to kind of this cultural lens of how we activate the brand in, in a way that I think is really distinctive, especially when you put the lens of our competition that is a bit more classic, very aspirational in terms of this idea of happiness and kind of this very lofty, you know, almost Disney-esque view of the world versus a very realistic of like, hey, we see you, we get you, you know, this is very how to enjoy unapologetically in the moment. No, I like that. And I want to ask, what, what are some of the new things uh, coming out with Pepsi? I saw that Nitro. That's, uh, I'm like, I've been giving you the answer here, but I'm saying, <laughs> I, I saw that. I'm, uh, I saw, that looks beautiful. I got the way it's being poured, kind of that like pub feel. But you talk about that if you want. But also, what else, uh, you know, on the horizon for uh, Pepsi? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned Nitro Pepsi, which is a really exciting uh, new new uh, product that we just announced. And this thing has been, since I started on the brand, it's a few, few years in the making. And um, the concept is really that uh, as you think of cola and the beverage space, you know, there's been flavor innovation for years. There's been varieties of diet and zero calorie and all this kind of stuff going on. There's been different packaging innovation. But the one thing that has never changed has been the bubbles. 
Um, you know, and when you think of one of the barriers to new people drinking in the category, one of the things we hear from consumers is, um, hey, it's a little too heavy. It's uh, too, you know, it, it, the bubbles give me, they're, they're gashes, they make you burp. They, it's too hard, you know, it's, it's like, it's too biting. And so I said, what if there was a better way to make it a little smoother or a different way to experience cola? And so leveraging nitrogen technology that you might be familiar with, like in a Guinness or a nitro coffee that really creates this cascading like foam and this kind of almost the mustache after you drink it kind of a thing and this kind of real thick head on it. Um, we've developed the technology to be able to put that not in a can uh, as well as on a fountain. Um, and uh, we're rolling it out as we speak right now. And it's a wonderful experience, very indulgent, thick, kind of creamy, just a really different way to taste cola that uh, I think is a really new way, new look uh, and a way for new uh, consumers who might not be in the space to really um, consider uh, drinking a cola, which has been great. One of our staple questions here is around LinkedIn and we mentioned, you mentioned salespeople earlier. So this kind of goes hand in hand. So what's kind of a uh, pet peeve that really bothers you when you oh. get a LinkedIn message? And uh, I, I can see you already have a few good ones. <laughs> what's got, one? Yeah, man, how, how long do we got here? So, so here's what I'll tell you. And I'm convinced, and even though I know I'm a marketer, I am convinced if I took on a sales role at any organization, I would be the best salesman because I've seen every freaking pitch in the book coming at me. What's good, what's bad, what's not working, what's working. What I'll tell you what doesn't work is spamming people. Um, the form message of like, hey, here's whatever, here's whatever, and just whatever. I think two is um, even just the sales pitch for a brand and a company. And again, I, I mean this in the best way. I like Pepsi where we have, we have, we don't have an issue and I'm not trying to sound like a prick. We don't have an issue with a lot of companies returning our call if we want to buy media somewhere or partner somewhere or whatever. And we have a lot of resources. There are things we don't know about. And so, yes, I always love seeing a new media property or hearing about a new service or something. But listen, um, we will find you um, in a lot of the cases. And so coming in with the hard sale hot never, ever, ever works. I will say that again, it never works. So please do not do that. Um, what works is build a genuine relationship as a human being and get to know somebody and Maybe a, a subtle in form of like, hey, check it out. We got this new thing, FYI. And now that I know you exist, cool. That doesn't mean you have work tomorrow or we're going to give you business tomorrow, but that means I know you exist. And um, that doesn't mean you need to follow up every Friday and be like, hey, how's it going? Just checking in. I just want to see you. There's a thing changed. Like that does a huge disservice. And so um, the people who, who make traction kind of build authentic relationships, hang around and Listen, a lot of times, even with the best platforms, it's not the right fit, the right time, the right campaign. Other times, it's the perfect moment. A lot of it is timing, luck. There's a whole variety of things that come in. But I would just say the play is be a little bit more patient and just um, try to build a genuine relationship. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, we'll, we'll find you. <laughs> uh, we wrap this up. I have a, you know, I, I could talk to you for hours just at sports alone and, and, Clearly, you can tell that uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of, of the brand, but and your passion shines through. So we, we love uh, we love that. Todd, talk to me about you've probably been to a lot of Super Bowls. My question is, hey, first, were you at 
07 and 11 with the Giants. And uh, were you there? Yes. Um, I saw the uh, the David the Tyree helmet, helmet catch. catch. Yes. I've, I've, uh, I've actually, what was exciting is I was even in after that Super Bowl. I was fortunate enough to uh, be in the, uh, I was on the float in the Giants parade with. No uh, way which was pretty cool. Um, you know, that was, that was fun. I got, uh, offered to, to do that. That was a very unique experience, but yeah, no, I was at that Super Bowl. That was great. Was that, was that the 07 or 11? Were you at those, the, the parade for both of those 2011? Uh, just for 2011's parade. I was at, yeah. yeah. So those. 2011 goes right down Broadway and makes a right on Worth street here in Manhattan. I lived on the corner of Worth and Broadway. So oh, no I had, uh, you know, I didn't work that day. I, I called, I played hooky. I was one of those guys. I didn't work here AJ, at the time. I wasn't here in 2011, <laughs> but I, I had a bunch of people over and we watched the parade right from my door. I was like, all right, this justifies the rent for, for a month uh, here in New York. <laughs> no, totally. Totally. It was, um, I mean, just, it's always good to see, you know, the, um, the city in New York. I mean, that's one of the things you look at the, the, the hall, they call the Hall of Champions, or when you come down yeah, the, yeah. the 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 parade route, it's uh Canyon of Heroes, right? Canyon, yeah, of, the Heroes. Canyon of Heroes. That's thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canyon of Heroes, Canyon of Heroes. Thank you. I totally butchered that. But the um, you know, it's just awesome seeing just everybody come together and unite around something, you know, and in, in any city, frankly, when you see, I mean, even just looking at I remember seeing years ago when the Kansas City Royals won, you know, or the Chiefs, yeah. like it's just like you just see a sea of people and a whole city taken over. And like, so in New York, it's, it's a very special thing when they, uh, you know, when, when the, when the teams win, you know, in, in LA where I'm from, when the Lakers win, you know, it turns into people flipping cars and riots and, and all sorts yeah. of other stuff. So people get a little carried away with it too, but it's, it's, it's always, uh, it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's a lot of fun. That's what's great about sports. Oh, I know. I love it. That was just some of the happiest moments of my life. That was before I was, <laughs> was before I was married and I had children. If my wife is listening, she's not, but, uh, also, Todd, with some of your hobbies, what do you like doing there? You now you have to go to Michael's Pizza. I told you about that. I clearly have to check out your uh, your pizza joint. But uh, yeah, I'd say that does relate to one of my hobbies, which is eating, um, <laughs> which is just literally um, <laughs> I like I it love too, food. Yeah. You know, not in like the fancy foodie way. Like, like I said, I could talk to you for hours about cinnamon toast crunch and fruity pebbles and what's which kind of milk you like to drink after the stuff comes out. You know, like I, yep. I could go nuts on all that. But I'd say. Um, for real hobbies, I would say though, I, um, you know, I play tennis. I'm an avid tennis player. I grew up playing competitive tennis in Southern California. Um, big uh, movie buff, uh, you know, but like more like stupid Judd Apatow type style. Oh, yeah. It's not like anything serious. Um, I love um, sports, obviously big, you know, NBA fan Lakers, obviously. Um, I've started getting into um, NFTs a little bit uh, as we've started to, down that journey with Pepsi and I'm kind of getting into that space. And, and I, I love always just exploring kind of new things and, and learning uh, and trying out new stuff. So um, this whole metaverse and NFTs has been a really interesting area for me to kind of dive into as well. That's uh, awesome. AJ is an avid uh, tennis player too. He's the over four, what's the four, uh, 40s is the uh, co competitive level. It's called the four fives and the four O's. <laughs> wow you're getting your terms right exactly. oh, which are, so i used to be years ago was in a men's like 5-0 league in uh in san francisco and then i've come back to east and i i you know, I've, i used to be very good and now i'm just very out of shape and very old and very not good but i enjoy it 
Um, no, I'm, I, I can still play, but it's, uh, I, I haven't played as consistently as, as you, AJ, and I, I would love to get back into regular rhythm. I have, uh, you know, as I have kids and work and everything in between, it's been hard Sounds, to sounds like we have found our uh, weekend tournament ringers, Todd. So, that's yeah. it. That's it. But it's one of those things. Is, and it's funny. And I heard you at the beginning talking about your, you know, injuries. It's you try to get back out there and OK. Yeah. And like so finally, like I remember a couple of years ago, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get back. I'm starting to play a couple times a week. And then like I have some stupid injury. I'm like, OK, now I'm like just the old man, you know, with the excuse here. So uh, but either way, I still <laughs> enjoy it. And uh, at some point I'll have to evolve and get into doubles and, and not move and play the old man tennis. But I'm not that old yet. So but we'll, we'll see. Well, you'll be hearing from me. We're always looking for uh, weekend ringers for the big tournaments. So let me uh, let me know. I'm, I'm in <laughs> down to play. Yeah. Go down to San Antonio. AJ's uh, in San Antonio there. It's uh, let's go. And, and Todd, man, uh, talk, what was that book you mentioned again? Because our listeners, the thing they asked about was like, well, book recommendations. You said that book from your former CEO. Mention that one more time. Oh, that was a book. Yeah, that's called The Other Guy Blinked uh, by Roger Enrico, which just tells the kind of Pepsi story and, and all of that stuff. But as far as um, as books, there's a, I mean, it, I'm a big also, I love all the, the business kind of books. And, um, you know, one of the, the classics is uh, is good to great uh, is is obviously a great book. I don't know if you know that one, um, but that's always been. It's got some really good uh, nuggets and advice. The other one um, that I think is it's more of a functional book rather than an inspirational book. But I would say for anybody who's changing jobs or starting a new role or doing anything, I think it's called the first ninety days. Uh, literally, that's the name of the book, and it just talks about like. Hey, you're coming into a new thing. Like, how should you start to think as you're thinking through getting it? It's, it's always a good just uh, when you dust off, whenever you try a new role, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I should like set up some meetings, do that. Like, it, it just helps you think through some of that stuff. But um, I mean, yeah, I can go for days on. I have a lot of books in my shelf yeah. behind me here, too, and stuff. You know, um, there's a ton of, um, a ton of you know, eating the big fish is another good one, I would say, as well, as you think about this the challenger mindset and thinking yeah. about um, doing things differently and how to rethink, you know, um, you know, your role as a brand, as a challenger is a really good one too. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we appreciate your time, Todd. That was been very informative. Again, I, your passion shines through. Uh, I know the listeners will get that from you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. That is the vice president, head of marketing for Pepsi, Todd Kaplan. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another amazing episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.